The Quiet Mind Yoga teacher training is open for a limited time right now. And I've created a free online workshop that covers some of the essentials and the big picture of what is in that training. So if you've been curious about taking a teacher training or just deepening your practice or building confidence in your practice, check out quietmind.yoga slash confidence. And I'll be doing a couple more of these online free workshops where I'm giving you the three mindset shifts to build confidence in teaching yoga. And these are the things, they're hard won, and I made a lot of mistakes over the years and talked to a lot of teachers to figure out what's worked for them, to figure out what works for me, and hopefully what can work for you to build confidence, not in just your own yoga practice, but if you decide to teach and how to teach others as well. And these are some of the high level, like big picture concepts that set up the framework for why I've created my online teacher training, how I've created it, and the structure of it. So if you like the workshop, you'll probably like the training, but if you don't wanna do the training right now, check out the workshop, it's totally free, it's about an hour long, and you can reserve a spot at quietmind.yoga slash confidence. And there's just a couple more of those left right now, and if you're, if you're finding this in the future, there'll be a waiting list, I'll probably do it again sometime around the spring, and then again in the fall of next year. All right, so quietmind.yoga slash confidence. And my name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast, where every week I bring you a new hour-long practice that you can do from home, anywhere, anytime, just listening and being in your own space. You don't need to look at a screen. You don't have to buy anything. If you want to support this podcast, you can be a supporter in the link in the show notes, or you can just listen every week. So this week, we have episode number 90, and this is a Hatha Yoga practice for the psoas and hip flexors with some emphasis on the gunas. And this is an interesting aspect of yoga philosophy, the qualities, tamas, rajas, and sattva. What does that mean? Well, I'll talk about it throughout the class. But in general, it's just cool and it adds a lot of depth to your practice and your own personal awareness outside of practice to notice these gunas or qualities and how they show up. And in the yoga philosophy, there's these three gunas that out from which everything else comes. So if we understand those, we really understand how to work with the body and the mind really effectively. And then of course, working with releasing tension in the deep hip flexor is a very common area of tension for a lot of us, uh, building on what we did last week with the yin yoga practice. All right, so for today's practice, if you, wanna, if you have some props available, using a block and a blanket is recommended. If you don't have that, you could use a book or just any old throw blanket you have around. Uh, but that's it. If you're enjoying this podcast, leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find this and share it with a friend. All right, thanks for listening and enjoy your practice. And let's come down to the back. We'll start there with knees in, rocking side to side on the back a little bit to start. And then come to the center, one hand on each knee. As you inhale, press the knees forward, arching your low back. As you exhale, pull the knees in, rounding the low back. So we're just tilting the pelvis forward and back here, establishing the lumbo-pelvic rhythm. So when your pelvis tilts one direction, your spine, lower spine moves with it in a natural way. Which you might not feel a lot right now, but it'll help uh, avoid low back pain throughout the rest of the day and the week. And now let your feet down to the floor, setting up like bridge pose. Your feet are hips width apart. Fingertips can touch your heels. And start to peel the spine up off the floor, one vertebrae at a time, inhaling to come up and exhaling to go back down. It's moving with your breath here. And this movement can be really small or big, depending on what your body needs today. Just feeling that out. Inhaling up, exhaling down. Next time you come up to the bridge pose, we'll stay there and hold and breathe. You can crawl your shoulders underneath and interlace the hands if you want a little more for the shoulders here. It's creating a contraction through the back of the body, the glutes, hamstrings, the back, 
And it will slowly release all that back down to the floor. It's a happy baby pose to stretch those same areas. And you can extend one leg at a time. You could rock side to side. You could stay still if that feels better. And now bring the soles of the feet together down to the floor in bound angle. Supta Baddha Konasana, supine bound angle. The hands can just relax beside you, or you could have the arms come overhead, creating a little extension in the lower spine. And if you don't like the way that feels, just go back to the first version. And now sort of set the foundation for the practice with slightly slower, slightly deeper breaths down to the lower belly here. So when you inhale, you feel the expansion of the lower belly, ribs, lungs. When you exhale, a softening of tension throughout the whole body. So today in the class, I want to talk about, you're talking about relationships this month, and one of the main uh, ways we look at that in the yoga perspective is through the gunas. The guna means like quality or property. Um, uh, so there's three main gunas. There's tons of variations, but there's three main ones. And in Sanskrit, they're sattva, rajas, and tamas. So sattva is like pure, clear, um, is removed of impurities. So our body is functioning at its best. Our breath is natural and easy. Our, our mind is clear. Our bodies feel strong, flexible, balanced. And then the rajas is when things are overactive, when there's too much activity, where, uh, like too much caffeine, too much energy. We can't really contain it. Too much excitement, right? things like that. So the tamas is the opposite. It's too dull. It's too heavy. It's too much stagnation. So we're always working towards creating more of a sattvic state of mind, sattvic state of body, sattvic diet, sattvic lifestyle choices, right? Everything we do can, have, can be broken down in these three qualities, the foods we eat, the activities we do. And yoga is meant to be a sattvic practice because our minds are tamasic, our, our, sorry, our minds are rajasic, our minds are by nature, by default, very active and changing. And our bodies, by default, are very tamasic, very heavy. Uh, and if we don't take care of them, they, they tend towards heaviness and uh, tension and, uh, and dullness and, and aches and pains and things like that. So through yoga, we tend to the body by uh, moving, by, with movements to move the tamas into more of a sattvic state. And we work with the mind by focusing the mind on a single point of the breath throughout the practice. So we move from rajas, overactivity, to sattva, clarity. And now we'll start to bring the knees back together here. And we'll start to hug the knees in and rock forward and back along the length of the spine, massaging the back. And then we'll start to come up to hands and knees. And you can have your blanket under the knees. And start to make any movements that feel good for your body. It could be uh, side to side, neck, shoulders. could be holding still in one spot. could be child's pose. But especially towards the, the beginning of the day, the body is much more tamasic, denser, tighter from being still during sleeping for eight hours. So throughout the practice today, just noticing that in the body, noticing where the, the quality of tamas has taken over, where there's too much tension or heaviness or lethargy or dullness in the body or aches, and where you can bring in more of the sattvic quality, more of a sort of ease, gentleness, lightness to the movements. And we'll come back up to the hands and knees and bring the hands wider apart off the mat to move into the shoulders, left to right. A little bit forward, back, side to side in the shoulders, if that feels good. Or maybe just holding still in one spot. And then we'll come back to center and have the arms extend forward 
And lower the forehead down, hips stay over the knees, creating a spinal extension here, creating more room to breathe in the ribs, in the chest and shoulders. And the really cool thing is when you understand the gunas, these three main qualities, if something's out of balance, you can uh, move towards a little bit in the opposite direction to create more balance. So even though the body's more tamasic and we don't necessarily want it to be rajasic where it's hyperactive, a little bit of that can help you know, bring us more towards the, the sattva, the clarity. So whenever your body feels a little more tense or stiff in some spots or you feel a little dull or heavy, add a little more movement to your practice. And vice versa, if you feel like a little overactive or you've been doing a lot, add a little more stillness to your practice. It's a very individual thing that you always kind of can check in with. And then throughout, again, the mind focusing on the breath to develop this uh, more focused, one-pointed mind. From here, thread your left arm underneath into a twist, left shoulder down towards the ground, breathing into the upper, into the upper back. Come back to center and over to the other side, creating more room to breathe in the back of the lungs. Less restriction here. And then we'll come back to hands and knees, back to downward facing dog. You can bend one knee at a time, easing into down dog, shift weight side to side. And now forward to plank pose, shoulders over the wrists. So we're starting to activate all the major muscles of the front of the body in a high push-up position here. Arms, chest, belly, quads. Everything in the front of the body activating, strengthening. And then we'll slowly lower down to the belly to locust pose, reach the arms back. So now the front of the body is relaxed and stretching and lengthening here, and the back of the body is contracting, activating all the muscles on the triceps, the back, the lats, the traps, the spinal, paraspinal muscles, the glutes. Have a slight bend in your knees to contract the hamstrings as well. It's the whole back of the body activating. And then slowly release. Come back to downward facing dog to stretch the back of the body. And again, forward to plank, holding here, building strength, activating all the muscles of the front of the body, the major muscles, contracting here. If you want a little more challenge, you could lift your left foot off the floor a couple inches. And then switch. And then lower all the way down to the belly. And again to the locust pose, reaching the arms back. And if you want a little more challenge here, you could have the arms beside you like a W shape or arms overhead like a V shape. A slight bend in the knees to contract the hamstrings, the glutes, so the whole back of the body activating and then release back down, back to down dog. Really good, everybody. We'll hold in down dog a couple breaths here. And I think from a modern Western science sort of approach, uh, we're increasing the mind muscle connection to all these major muscles here. That creates a more whole brain sort of awareness or. We're aware of every major muscle in the body. And that to me is a very sattvic state. So we're very clear, very alert, very awake, very mindful of every movement. Forward to plank one more time, a little bit shorter this time. If you want a little more challenge, you could lift the left leg, maybe even lift the right hand, the opposite hand. And then we'll switch that. 
fuse lifting. And then lower everything down to the floor. Again to the locust pose. Arms either back beside you in the W shape or forward in the V shape. Strong back. And then slowly lower, come back to a child's pose. Either knees apart, arms forward, or knees together, arms back. Just resting here for a moment. Now we've activated all the major muscles of the body and we'll start to focus a little bit more on the hip flexors, the front of the hips and going some deeper back bends. So let's come up to the hands and knees and begin a cat-cow movement. So as you inhale, lift the heart, extend the spine. As you exhale, round the back to cat pose. Let's continue with your breath a couple times, moving the spine forward and back. And then next time you come up to the hands and knees, the so neutral spine will stay there. And we'll have the right leg extend back. And you can just keep the right leg back or you can add the left arm extending forward, making this more challenging. But basically we're going to contract and extend the right psoas muscle, the hip flexor. So basically what that muscle does, the main action is it brings your elbow towards your knee here. So it brings the knee in towards the body. And as you inhale, you'll reverse that, extending the spine like cow. And then exhale, hug in like cat. Let's continue with your breath a few times, inhaling forward and exhaling back in. So we're contracting and releasing that right hip flexor muscle. Now next time you come out to balance, we'll stay there and reach the left hand back towards the right foot. And find a little bit more extension in the spine, a little more opening through the front of the right thigh. Slowly release and switch to the other side. Same thing now, left leg extends back. And you could just use the leg for this or you could have the right arm extend as well. And now as you exhale, you'll touch elbow towards knee. Inhale to extend out. Exhale to come in, moving with your breath a few times here, contracting and releasing those hip flexor muscles. Next time you come out, we'll stay there, hold balance. You could stay just like that or bend the back knee, reach for the top of the foot, finding a little bit more extension and stretch through the front of the leg. And it'll slowly release back down. All right, so now a side plank variation of this sort of thing. So you'll have your feet move over to the right. Left leg extends back, left arm over right. And in here, have the left leg lift parallel to the floor, strengthening outer hips. We'll hold and breathe there for a moment. Strengthens the outer glute muscles, the outer hip muscles. And now bend the left knee, reach for the top of the foot, creating more of an extension in the spine, kind of like a bow pose, kind of like the locust pose, the cow pose. Feeling for more opening in the front of the left hip. And it'll slowly release. What's that dance where you stand up and do that? <laughs> Anyone know what that's called? No. Okay. All right. So we'll come over to us. We're not going to do that. Right. So have the right leg back, left hand down, right arm lifts, and right leg lifts here, strengthening outer hips. So a side plank variation. And now bend the right knee, reach for the top of the foot. Find your balance here, focus the gaze at a single spot.
and it'll slowly release back down and then all the way down to the belly for bow pose so you'll have both the knees bend reach for the tops of the feet and create an extension in your spine here the hips press down so everything else can lift up If there's any pain in the knees, you can just skip this and do the locust pose again. And then we'll slowly release. Come back up to the hands and knees. And again, back to the sort of cat pose, rounding your back. But this time, walk your hands in towards your knees, rounding the back even more. Maybe even bring the hands all the way up towards the knees. If you're okay here, you could tuck the chin in and lower the head down towards the knees. Reach the hands towards the heels of the feet and sort of pull with the arms, so straight arms, lifting the tail up into a rabbit pose. So this kind of reverses all that stuff we just did. Counter pose. If the head's touching the floor, minimal weight in the head, so you're not really pushing into the head, it's just sort of there, uh, moving towards the knees. And then we'll slowly release all this, sort of unfurl the spine back to that thing we did earlier, arms forward, hips stay over the knees as you let the forehead down. Anahatasana, the heart chakra pose. And then we'll come back to hands, back to down dog. Now from here, lift the right leg straight back, extending through the hip flexor. And then bring the knee in towards the nose and hug in and hold there, creating that contraction through the hip flexor in the core. And then extend it back again. And then again, knee towards the nose, contracting in, and then let the foot land to the floor. Knee over ankle, setting up for a high lunge, strong back leg, float the arms up to a high crescent lunge. All 10 toes pointing forward if you can, which might mean a little wider base with the feet. And the back heel, let's have the back heel lift over the ball of the foot to contract the back of the leg. Or you could let the leg stretch by pressing your left heel back if, you, if that feels better. Now bend the elbows, lifting the heart a little bit more, creating more of a spinal extension here, more of an opening through the left hip flexor, the front of the left hip. And now from here, we'll let the arms reach back and start to bring the left knee in towards the body. So hugging the knee in, building that strength in the hip flexor again. And then slowly bring it back with control, back to the high lunge, arms extend up. And then again, back to that contraction in, arms reach back, knee hugs in. Focus the gaze, find your balance stability here. And then again, back to the lunge. And then to warrior two, back heel down, arms extend up. Focus the gaze over the front middle fingers. Creating that sattvic quality by focusing the gaze, focusing the breath. Activating the body. And now from here, we'll bring the left hand towards the left hip. And right hand towards the right corner or block, floating the back leg up to half moon. And you can stay there or just bend the left knee a little bit or reach for the top of the foot, bending the left knee. So you, just like we did on the floor, that side plank variation, finding more opening through the front of the left leg.
back to warrior two. Float your hands down, back to down dog. Have the left leg reach back. Feel that little bit of extension through the hip flexors here and then bring the knee in towards the nose. Hold and breathe here. A lot of the stuff at first, it's hard to feel the activ activation of the muscles. So it's okay if you don't feel a lot with some of this. Then reach back again, straightening the leg. And one more time, hug the knee in and hold there to the lunge. Land the foot, knee over ankle. All 10 toes pointing forward, strong legs. Back leg straight and strong. Back heel over the ball of the foot, contracting the quads, the glutes even more. But if that doesn't feel right today, for you today, you could have the right heel press back to stretch the leg. Steady gaze, steady breath. Now, again, bend the elbows, lift the heart, a little more extension through the spine, through the hip flexors. Slightly deepen the bend in the front knee towards the middle toes. And reach the arms back and start to lift the leg, finding your balance here. Focusing on the action of the contraction, it's, it goes from like your spine to your, your thigh bone, so that's pulling the knee in. And then we'll go back as you extend the arms up, back to the lunge. And then again, back to standing, arms down, hug the knee in. Building that mind-muscle connection to be able to contract the muscle here. And then back to the high crescent lunge to be able to relax the muscle, lengthen the muscle here. Again, the back leg straight. One more time, we'll do the same thing. Arms down, bring the right knee in. Focus the gaze. Right, and then back down to the lunge to warrior two. Focus the gaze at a single spot, steady breath. Soften the traps in the upper shoulders here. You can have your palms turn up to do that even more. Now left hand towards the left corner or block, right hand towards the right hip, lifting the back leg. And you could stay just like that or bend the right knee, reach for the top of the foot. Back to warrior two. Float the hands down, back to down dog. And from here, bend the knees like the knees almost touch the ground, press into the hands. And here you could contract the hip flexors even more by lifting one foot off the floor just a little bit. You feel the front of the, uh, the other leg contracting strong. And then we'll switch that so the other foot lifts really strong through the hips. And then back to down dog, straightening the legs. Forward to the plank pose. And then holding in plank, lift one leg. Again, contracting the other hip flexors really strong. And this time, uh, we'll actually first we'll lift the other leg, so lift the other leg here. And then just so we're all together, let's have both feet down, and then we'll all lift the right leg, and then bring that right foot all the way to the floor, off your mat, finding a back bend, extend the spine, open the front of the hips here. So find your foundation in the feet. Usually the right foot is planted down here with this. And that helps you contract the glutes and extend the spine, open the hips more. Back to the plank pose. Left foot lifts. <laughs> and then flip it over, land the foot. Find extension in the spine, strong back of the legs, strong back, strong arms. To help open the front of the hips. And then we'll come back to center. All the way down to the belly. Either locust pose again or bow pose again, bending the knees, reaching for the tops of the feet. 
and we'll lower down back to child's pose either knees apart arms forward or knees together arms back Come back up to the hands and knees, back to down dog. And again, lift the right leg back. If you're by the wall, you might need to move forward. Right leg back, and then bring the right knee in towards the right nose and hover in, hold there, contracting, and step the right foot forward to a lunge. Float the arms up into the high lunge. And then this time we'll lean forward and lift off the back leg. Arms can be forward or arms back, balancing here into uh, warrior three. But think like locust pose, strong back. And now bring the left knee up to towards the body, hugging the left knee in to balance here. And then bring, bend the left knee behind you to reach inside of the foot for dancer pose. Starting to hinge at the front hip, extending the left hip. Long spine, similar to bow pose again, opening the front of the left side. And then we'll just release that to stand. Both arms extend up. And exhale to fold all the way down. Step back to down dog. Have the left foot reach back, left leg back. And then hug the knee in towards the nose here, holding, breathing there, building strength. And then step it forward into a lunge. So here again, arms could stay extended or arms could reach back for warrior three. Arms back is usually a little easier. Strong back, just like locust pose. Floating the back leg up towards parallel to the floor. You can move any amount in that direction there. Now, without touching the floor, maybe, bring your right knee up with you, standing. And here we'll bend the right knee behind you. Reach your right hand inside the foot for dancer pose. Left arm extends. Start to hinge at the left hip. Focus your gaze at a single spot, steady breath. And then back to stand. Inhale to reach the arms up. Exhale to your right, create a side bend, holding the left wrist, holding, breathing there for a moment, creating release of tension between the ribs. And then we'll come back to center over to the other side. Breathing into the right ribs. And then back to center to bend the elbows and lift the heart, creating more extension in the spine here. And then interlace the hands behind the back. Reach the arms away from the body. Reach the heart forward and up. And then fold at the waist here. Bend your left knee and turn the left shoulder towards the left knee. Right leg stays straight. Left knee's bent, right leg straight. That helps to open glute IT band, outer right leg. And then we'll switch to the other side. Right knee bends, right shoulder dips towards the right knee. Left leg straight. And then back to center, both legs straight, arms still overhead, last little bit. And release the hands all the way down. From here, we'll separate the feet a little wider apart into a low squatting position, malasana, sitting the hips low, hands together at the heart. Arms pressing into the legs, legs sort of pressing into the arms. 
creating a little opening in the adductors, the inner hips now. And then from here, we'll come up onto the, the balls of the feet, so the heels lift, hands down to the floor. So just a little bit of, of practicing uh, arm balancing, or like crow pose. So to do that, just have your feet come together now, knees apart, and the hands on the floor. So as if you're doing like a plank pose, hands pointing forward. And you might just stay here and shift weight into your hands back and forth a little bit, shifting back and forth. Work on that part. If you feel okay with that, next thing you could do is have your hips lift up and move your arms under the shins. So you've got a shelf for the legs. And then shift weight into the hands. Right? If you feel okay there, next thing you could do is lift one heel in towards the tail and focus on shifting weight into the hands there. Next thing is to lift the other heel in towards the tail. And then you're in the crow pose, the bakasada. So any of that along the way, we'll have about 30 seconds to practice this. So we've done so much of the hip flexor strengthening. Right? That's a big requirement for this pose. So the knees hug in towards the body here. But we have the strength of the arms as well, which we did a little bit today. And then we'll all come down to the tail, feet together, knees apart. A bigger opening in the adductors, inner hips. So you could have the hands on the feet, you can massage the feet. Use a lengthening in the spine here, lifting the heart and start to fold in. Your elbows could gently, very gently nudge the hips open a little more. Don't want to force or push there, but just a little bit of downward pressure can do a lot to help release tension. Too much of that downward pressure though and could make more tension, so you just want to be careful with that. start to bring the knees back together and from here let's lean back onto the hands feet on the floor and again so we're strengthening these, these hip, hip flexors here so you have one foot lift other foot lifts maybe palms face forward like Navasana boat you can hold onto the thighs more challenging you bring the legs together and straighten the legs palms up beside you so any amount of this Navasana boat pose holding you. Feeling for that contraction, strengthening of the front of the hips. And then low boat, lower the back down, legs still extended, everything else still lifting. And let the boat slowly sink down to the floor. <laughs> Relax everything, relax for a moment here. All right, so we'll do one last active thing here with these, these stronger hip flexors. Uh, so again, the action of this, these muscles is you can just bring your right knee in towards your body here and then your left knee in towards your body. Right? And that, so that's the main thing they do. So that can really help us get into any sort of inversion like being upside down. We really need those muscles to do that. Uh, but if we're sitting a lot throughout the day, they, they tend to get a little weaker, a little tighter. Uh, but we've done some strengthening today so we can use that and rock forward and back along the spine or roll over to your side but eventually come back up to sitting. <clears throat> so, to practice headstand, well, practicing it's the only way you'll ever be able to do it. So <laughs> if, you have, if you can't do headstand, just I'll show you how you can step-by-step step get to it. Uh, so the first step is to make a little basket with your hands, and you wanna make sure that your bottom pinky is not sticking out, but tucked in with the rest of it. So then that will go behind the head, and you've got all of this surface area to support you. 
So the biggest issue is putting too much weight in the head and then you don't have anything to balance with. So if you keep everything in line and the weight, you eventually want to get like 60 to 70% of your weight in your arms. And even eventually you could even lift your head out of this when you get there. Uh, but you keep everything kind of equal, shoulders relaxed. So that's the first step of the headstand. And then your lower body's like down dog. So just like we've already done, start with that down dog shape. And then you start to walk your feet in towards the face until you can't go anymore. There's just nowhere else to go. So you bring one knee in towards your body, just like we did in crow pose. So heel towards the tail, knee in. And then the, the hard part is this next one. So maybe you just do a little, little hop today, but work towards knee in. And if you can get to there, you can easily do the next part. But if you try to go up first, you can even feel, you'll probably even feel, because we've done so much work with the hip flexors. If you try to go up first, that extends the hip flexors, and then you lose that ability to control your way up. So you'll probably fall right away. So you want to start slow like that. So let's all do it together. So we'll have our hands interlaced. <laughs> Make a little basket for the head, and then have the head there. And it's probably going to be the top of the head or just slightly forward of the top of the head. If either one's okay. You feel what's natural for you. You don't want your elbows out too wide, Mary. Yeah. You want a triangle base. So that's the most stable base you can make with the arms and head here. Forearms pressing down, yep. And your head's there in the basket, yep. So it's like 60% in the arms. And the lower body's like down dog. And you walk your feet in until they can't go anymore. And then you bring one knee in and hug it in. And then work on getting that second knee into the belly. And you want to work on holding in that position. Uh huh. It's basically like a child's pose, but you're on your head. Mm hmm. Knees in, not going up yet. Knees in, in, in. I know it's harder, but it's much safer in the long run. And if you're feeling any pain in your head or neck, you're just less weight in the head. Mm -hmm. Right. So lower body's like down dog. Walk your feet in. Knees in. All right. So you don't go up yet. Knees in, and then the other knee in. And you can try to hold here. If you can do this part, you can easily extend the legs up from there. <laughs> and I, I really don't recommend using a wall for this. Because people, when people use the wall, what they do is they, they just skip that part. <laughs> so they go here and they just kick into the wall. So, and then you're not going to actually be able to hold it because you're not using those muscles. So you got to go slow, uh, but just a little bit of practice consistently. You know, this is something I see a lot of people get progress really fast if you just do it like every day for like two weeks. You know, just consistency, just kind of building that muscle uh, ability to engage those muscles and that muscle mind muscle connection. Right, so if you want to practice a little bit more, it's like 10 more seconds, 15 more seconds, or just come down to child's pose when you're ready. Let everything relax. Right, and if, that pose, if that's hard to get up there, strengthen your hip flexors, strengthen the core. Right, so those are the main aspects we're working with there. Come up to the hands and knees. Bring the right knee towards the right wrist for pigeon, or you can come down to your back for reclined pigeon. But if you're in that first version, use your hands to extend the spine and start to lower down, stacking the hands or head on the block.
And now we'll start to transition to the other side. Just take your time. Ten being the worst, like how intense is it right now? It's really tight. Okay, <laughs> so, so let's go down to the back then. So it'd be a lot better, a lot more beneficial to do it this way, because you can control the pressure on it a lot more. Mm -hmm. And you can hug your knee in, hold your hands back here. Yeah. And let your shoulders relax. Good. Flex these toes back. You still feel the stretch there, though? Not as bad. It didn't hurt like it does. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot easier to control and mm -hmm. yeah, a lot safer if there's a lot of tension there. Thank you. Yeah. start to transition here. Eventually we'll come up to uh, seated, leaning back on the hands. So your knees are bent, feet on the floor, sort of like a crab position. And let your knees fall over to your left, to your left. And then so you have your right knee into the left arch and then turn towards the back of the mat, down to the elbows or the hands or head to a block, stretching the lower sides of the back and the QL muscle on the lower right side. Start to transition back up here. We'll come over to the other side, same thing. So let your knees fall to your right. And turn towards the back of the mat, down to the hands or elbows or block. By this point, you notice your body has gone from being a little more tamasic, a little heavier, tenser. So we did a little of the movement, postures. So now maybe your body feels a little more sattvic, a little more relaxed, open. start to come back up to sitting and down to your back, the knees in, 
Rocking side to side on the back. To the center, one hand on each knee. As you inhale, press the knees forward, arching the back. As you exhale, pull the knees in, rounding the back, just moving forward and back a few times. Feeling the tilt of the pelvis, the movement of the lower back. Everything easy to move here, less resistance. Let your feet down to the floor. And a couple of dynamic bridges now as you inhale, peel the spine up. You can add a movement with the shoulders lifting as well. So as you inhale, the arms and the hips lift. And as you exhale, everything lowers back down. You can skip the arm movement if you want. So everything moving in sync together, breath and body rising and lowering. Next time your hips come down, we'll find one of your blocks. So we'll do a supported bridge pose here. So hips lift and you put the block at the lowest height under the tail. And now to go into our one of our deepest hip flexor stretches here. So have your left leg extend down to the floor. It's relaxing left leg and hug the right knee in towards the body. Now this feels like a good stretch on your left front of your hip. You could stay there and just allow that muscle to relax there and so as hip flexors. But if it feels kind of easy and there's not much sensation to it, you could work on strengthening the left hip flexors by having your left leg lift about two inches off the floor. And just hold there. Your left foot can be pointed or flexed. Either way is fine. As long as the leg's lifting uh, or lowering, you're getting the stretch or the strengthening. And now switch sides. The so left knee comes in, right leg extends out. And it's very, it's not uncommon that one side is very different. So maybe uh, this side, your right side is tighter and it needs more stretching, so you let it relax. Or this side needs more strengthening, so you have the right leg lift. If the strengthening feels like too much effort, that's a good sign that maybe you just go to the stretching. But if they're both kind of neutral in general, the, the strengthening is not a bad idea because we, we often spend a lot of time sitting, not using the hip flexors, or using them, but we're contracting and, and shortening and, and adding tension to them. So strengthening is usually a good way to go to, to work with that. And now both legs extend towards the ceiling waterfall pose or version of a shoulder stand here. If this is uncomfortable on your low back with the block, move that so it feels more supportive. So sometimes you got to adjust that to find the right spot. It should feel like you could stay here for a while without any pain in the low back from the block. Once you're there, legs can stay straight up or you could move the legs around, moving the hips, the joints, knees. You have the legs out wide apart, or just moving through all of those movements, or holding still somewhere. It's pretty uncommon that we have this relationship of the legs to the to gravity. The legs are upside down like this, so this is a good thing to do regularly. And just listen to your body, see what feels good for you here. I have about 30 more seconds with this. And slowly lower the feet down to the floor. 
Now lift the hips and move the block out from underneath and very slowly lower your spine back down to the floor. Knees in, happy baby pose. Stay still or rock side to side. And then feet together down to the floor. Supta Baddha Konasana again, supine bound angle. You can rest one hand on belly, one hand on heart, feeling the rise and fall of the breath. It's one of the best ways to work with a tamasic body when there's lethargy, tension, dullness, aches in the body, is some movement like we did, we've done today. And then for the mind, when the mind's really rajasic, active, anxious, worried, afraid, angry, one of the best ways to work with a, a rajasic mind is with pranayama breathing. So we'll just do a brief breathing practice here. And you can let your legs extend if you want, or just keep the legs there for this. Uh, and all we're doing is extending the exhale. So you can count it if you want, or just feel it out. So you'll inhale about five, a count of five, and exhale to about a count of eight. And you can just go by feel, or you can actually count mentally. Longer exhales. We'll go about a minute or so here with this breathing exercise, extending the exhales. Turn to normal breath, and if you're still in the bound angle pose, let your legs out. Shavasana, final resting pose. If there's any last movements you want to make, do that. And when you're ready, just letting everything relax down to the floor.
Now start to make small movements of the fingers and toes, arms and legs. Slowly transitioning over to your side and back up to sitting. Close our practice in a comfortable seated posture, hands together at the heart, bowing the mind to the heart and to each other. Thank you for practicing today. Namaste.